0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Well, grace and passion come a humming along, and I get all wound up. If someone can't me feel that's what I'm here for, it's the pleasure principle wrapping up to the core. God, I get lost in the signals crossed. I can't imagine cross to two essentialists' talk. It's so silly to what goes on between us. We can eat form, but the form, the and genius goes so on between us. We that on one We know what to do. The form and the function that creates the conjunction. Is perfection alluded to. Told by the shooter that whichever one day if I to wear the hat and take himself a pack, it's so silly. It goes on the two knots. It's the form and the father. It's so silly indeed. It goes so on the two knots. I win from there and I'm sad. It's sad. It's sad. Our hands, they do their own dance. Black birds fall on the contours of the land And all take flight into the ride Giving us a new kind of sight Yeah, where them words lose their meaning Our soul's careening If I could stop and get a look at the meaning It's so silly and genius It goes on the truth of The forms of the father knows It's silly and genius It goes on the truth I my wish And let's stop in that status, Never had to come get granted Liquid liquid pouring all over us, liquid sex, liquid sex, just say yes, I want to hear you, say yes, let me hear you, Marlon, yes, come on now, yes, everybody now, yes, Kevin Marks, yes, Peter, let me hear it, yes, louder, yes.
0: This is Deborah with Media Night Radio. As everyone knows, we have a wonderful, special Valentine's treat for you tonight. We are with actor Rob Morrow. From his portrayal of Joel Fleischman on the award-winning series Northern Exposure to the lead detective Don Epps on the hit primetime series Numbers. Rob has enjoyed much success in the primetime genre. In the film genre, he has appeared in Chris Show, Last Dance, Mother. Maze, which he directed, and The Good Doctor, currently in theaters. His most recent appearance in primetime was on CSI New York, playing arsonist Leonard Wilde. Necessary Weaponists is his most recent directorial project. Not only is Rob an accomplished actor and director, but a founding member of the Naked Angels Theater Company, a longtime board member of Project ALS, a cause near and dear to his heart. He is also an active member of the Creative Coalition, a premier nonprofit social and political advocacy organization that helps to educate and mobilize leaders in the arts community on issues of public importance. Rob has now taken on a new role of musician. On October 11, 2012, NHI, which stands for No Harvard Illusion was launched to celebrate Rob's birthday and satisfy fan demand to take his music to another level, which at that point had just been him playing solo gigs and benefits. Rob and NHI will be performing in March at the Mint in Los Angeles, California at 8 p.m. Let's welcome to the airwaves Rob Morrow. Hi, Rob. Hi,
2: hi. Hello.
0: Good how are you?
2: I'm so good. Thanks for having me. It was nice to hear uh, hear our first single uh
0: playing out to the world. Yes, absolutely. Where can um where can they get that? Well, that's
2: going to be available all over iTunes and um Amazon and CD Baby and Spotify in the next uh I I'm thinking next I heard next Friday, but it may be a, a couple of days after that. So in the, within the next two weeks. Wonderful. Wonderful. Of, uh, uh That's a live CD um, from a concert we did, and uh, that's why at the end of the song you hear me calling out people in the audience, which you may not understand if you're just hearing it, so it's, uh, you know, it was a live recording.
0: Ah, okay. Well, that's that's good to know. Okay, so let's get started. Um, You were born in New Rochelle, New York. I was, yeah. Uh, What stands out the most about growing up in New York for you? Um...
2: That's a good question. You know, the the character of New Yorkers are uh, you know, are very, very um, uh, um very strong strong character. i t- t- there's a word I'm looking for. Um I remember after nine eleven, um the, the way New Yorkers can persevere um, is in the character of new york of of, of people from there, and i feel like i 've taken on i 've been that 's a gift that I receive having grown up there um you know we're intrepid. we 're intrepid we we keep going um, and that 's part of the new york character um uh, there 's something about the east coast too about you know just the the way culture informs uh, the history of culture um you know u s culture um has, you know so much of it came out of there, and so that's a part of of the of the New York character. I would say those two things are, are uh, off the top of my head. Some, absolutely, some, some interesting characteristics.
0: Well, absolutely, uh, especially with what happened with nine eleven. I can only imagine uh, being. I don't know if you were in New York or if you were in Los Angeles, but being part of that city, it must have been a uh, very uh
2: traumatic situation for you as well yeah absolutely i had it was a week um a week uh, a week before we we came out to la and we were out here when it happened and my daughter was was um only about uh four or five months five six months old and uh, we lived down around there so um so we were really fortunate to not be there um and and you know I think a lot a lot of people are suffering from breathing disorders from breathing that stuff and I just I'm just glad my daughter wasn't there for that.
0: Absolutely, thank God. Yeah. Um, you began your theater career in the Broadway show The Exonerated opposite
2: Mia Farrow. No, that's not true. Um, no. no, that wasn't even a Broadway show, and it wasn't even really a full show. It was a um, it was a kind of a um. This thing where they rotated casts of celebrities and, and read excerpts from this, um, oh. these these true uh, stories of uh, people who were exonerated from death row. It's an amazing piece, and that was that was only uh, I don't know seven years ago or something five years ago. But um, I started uh, I started you know off 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 Broadway working as a kind of a technical guy doing you know moving sets and stage managing and doing all that kind of stuff and worked my way into the theater doing that and then. And then eventually got cast in in some um, off off plays and 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 found myself to Broadway eventually. But um, it was a you know it was a ten year process, um, including which as you mentioned in your opening that I, I co founded a, a theater company right. that's still in existence uh, twenty six seven years later um, called Naked Angels.
0: Wow. And now what, so what was your first Broadway show then that you started? The Boys of Winter.
2: Um, I was an oh. understudy. Uh, I understood Andrew McCarthy. You know who he is? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and my first time on Broadway, I had played like no more than 200 seats up to that point. And when you're an understudy, you don't really get too much rehearsal. I mean, right. and, that, and that show was new, so I didn't have any rehearsal. Maybe I had one rehearsal. And one day, Andy came in sick, and uh, they told me to suit up. And... He said he was going to go on, but there was no intermission. But there was blackouts between each scene, and all of a sudden, in the middle of a blackout, he comes walking off stage and said he couldn't continue. And they hand me his—it was a Vietnam play—and they hand me his rifle, and I walk onto stage, which was raked. You know what that is, right? Like it's like a—it's slanted. You know, big, oh. you stand, it's hard to stand. And on that stage was Matt Dillon, Ving Reims, Wesley Snipes, um, D. W. Moffat and Brian Tarantino, all really great actors. And and there I was standing opposite Matt Dillon when the lights came up and he looked at me like, What the hell? You know, what is going on? And um and and I carried on the play from there and and the Aaron bummer was at the next blackout. That announced that Andrew was sick and that I would be continuing. And all these little teeny girls, these young girls, would come to see Andrew. Booed me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what a what a uh, introduction, that, huh? that wasn't by far or they were. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, you you have you know made your mark in so many different things. Um, you were in the hit series Northern Exposure where your portrayal of Dr. Joel Fleischman earned you three Golden Globe nominations as well as two Emmy nominations. That's true, yeah. Um, would, what did you take away from your experience on that show?
2: Oh, it's so endless. Like, you know, first of all, it changed my life in so many ways. I mean, fame and, and and making a good living, you know, was all of a sudden changed my whole world, I, and, and a whole world opened up to me as a result. Right. Um, uh, you know, I learned the discipline of, of the long-term TV series, which is a real, you know, David Mamet said that making a movie is like running a marathon, and making a TV series is like make, running a marathon until you drop dead, and you know it's a real it's a it's a real discipline to do it to do it with any kind of integrity and um you know i kind of forged my my work ethic in a way there and i also learned so much about the difference between having come out of a decade of new york theater it's very different acting for the camera and um you know i was smart to, to watch the dailies and i i was allowed to watch them and i got i, I would watch every i watched dailies every day for five years and I learned so much about the difference between the styles and and, and and oftentimes you know my daughter will sometimes watch these episodes and and I'll catch a little bit and if it's in the first year, I can tell the difference between my acting between the the first and the fifth year by the fifth year, I was very subtle in what I was doing by the first year, I was just speculating and yelling and you know um and I don't know if other people would notice it, but I certainly noticed it so so i mean it's uh it just was a great it also you know I lived in Seattle. And uh, I, you know that the, the exposure to the Northwest and the beauty of the Northwest um, really, really influenced me a big deal, a, a lot.
0: Well, is there any you know? Obviously, because cause it was set in um, Alaska, right? The, it was
2: the set story. in
0: Alaska, but we shot it in Seattle, which <laughs> is uh, well. Okay, and um, uh, was there any funny stories that happened uh, on set during Northern Exposure?
2: Oh yeah, sure I mean, there were zillions of them um, You know, one of the things You know who Adam Arkin is? Yes, of so course he's Alan Arkin's son He's a great guy, great actor, director um, And has the same Cadences of his dad And his oh, dad was a big Influence on me as a kid And Adam showed up somewhere in, I don't know if it was the first or second year And he did about eight shows with us And Something about the guy made me laugh, and I would, and and every time he opened his mouth, I would crack up, and I and I would have to do these serious scenes, and I was always getting in trouble because I could not stop myself. And there's something, there's nothing more frightening as an actor than than, than laughing to the point of where you can't control yourself. And yeah. Adam would make me laugh, and I have all these dailies in some box somewhere in my house of, you know, over my shoulder, you could see my shoulders shaking you know, because I'm laughing so hard, and, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, there was a lot of fun there, um, you know, Corbett, who I, actually, John Corbett has a new CD out, uh, which I'll plug for him, um, called Leaving Nothing Behind, which i just been listening to in the car the last two days, he's a really terrific singer and guitar player, and, um, and uh, he and I had a great. We 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 spent a lot of time on and off that set, um, having great, crazy, wild, you know, young TV star experiences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 remember that. I remember I to your imagination, but the, the, suffice it to say that Corbin had the letter and I followed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, uh, well, it's okay. So then you you went from northern exposure and then you went to the uber popular series numbers where you were the lead as portrayal of Don Epps
2: yeah there was a lot between them. I even did another series called uh, Street Time which was a real heartbreak for me it lasted only two seasons on Showtime and uh, um, it was about the world of, uh, of um, parole and I played a, um, a kind of a big time pot smuggler but a really good guy who had a family life and and uh I just love that show and and I think if it were in another time it would have been a, a it would have lasted for for a long time it it was really really well done.
0: And, and that's what I was going to say I think it was just that Showtime was so that was so new with cable back then you know I mean Cable has- new, the style was new. It also got caught in
2: some transitional politics. Uh, you know, right, oh. in the, right in the point of uh, where decisions had to be made. A new president came in, and they tend to want to do their own thing. And and um, you know, we were very unconventional about the way we went about it, and they, and they weren't. No one was quite used to that then. Yeah. right, right.
0: Well, as as we were we were talking about numbers. What was it in the script? That drew you to this character and wanting to be a part of this project.
2: Well, you know, the first thing was Ridley Scott and Tony Scott's name. You know, those guys mm-hmm. were produce executive producing it, and and they, their reputation speaks, you know, precedes them, uh, you know, in terms of great cinema, uh, you know, experiences, and so that that kind of caught my attention. The other thing was, I, I'm always trying to, for good or bad, trying to. Sh- do what I haven't done, you know, what I've, I, you know, Joel Fleischman, a neurotic New Yorker, you know, this guy was the antithesis of that, and right. uh, also the pot dealer that I played between them, as well as all the movies that I did between them, you know, I tried to always find something that I haven't done, and, and push myself, and, and I had never played the classic archetype hero, you know, the guy that steps in and saves the day, and, 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 um, and, and and uh that was that was the real thing that that drew me to it um it you know the contest the writing was really good and it was smart it was a smart unique conceit um but i would say the main thing was playing one of those heroes you know that that i, I love those kind of guys um you know uh, so so it was, that that was the big thing
0: now now for this role did you do any dr- drive um uh do any drivings with like the LATD or yeah yeah definitely
2: I went out with them and we would go into some hairy areas and and uh, it was funny because one time we went out into uh, Compton and, and they you know they had me in a, uh, um, a bulletproof vest and we pulled we rolled up on a on a, something where I guess some guy had come home drunk and driven his car into the Neighbor's house or something. Oh, it, it, it wasn't ultimately that bad a scene, but they didn't know at the time. And all these cops rolled up, and we all rolled up, and I jumped out of the car just like I would on the TV show and started going with these guys. And one and the other and one of the cops grabbed me and says, Hey, hey, you hey, can't, you're not going in there, you know. But I just it was I was so used to kind of doing it that it was almost like I didn't even believe it was dangerous, you know what I mean? Oh, that's funny. Yeah,
0: it was funny. Um. Well, thank God you weren't hurt, because
2: you could have been. I, I would have really. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't even think. I you know. I did, it was just funny when I think <laughs> about it. It's just, it's just so stupid that, I, would do that but I just kind of jumped out like, like I'm some badass, which <laughs> <God>, I'm not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, let's let's gears a little bit. You're also a director. You directed episodes on Numbers, HBO's Oz, Joan of Arcadia, and most recently the USA series Necessary Roughness.
2: Yeah, I'm going to do another one of those in uh, May, I think. Yeah.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. What is the biggest challenge you face in the role of director versus actor?
2: Well, it's completely antithetical. You know, they have not they're they're completely different. Like the the director is the ultimate kind of parental figure and the and the the um the the, the actor is like the the kid savant, you know, the the the, the right. wild kid, you know, and so, you know, doing both at the same time is really fascinating. Um, and I've done a fair amount of that and it it's not by choice that I would do it that way. Um, but but it's the opportunities were there so I jumped at it, but um, you know, directing is all about responsibility and a thousand decisions a minute and acting is about playing and being, you know, playful and 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 present and um, you know, everyone takes care of you and Gives you, gets you everything you want as an actor and as a director. You know, you're, 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 you know, you're on your own. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and it's a big responsibility. You know, you're talking, you know, twenty five, fifty thousand dollars for a day, and and you know, and 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 you can't, you know, there's not in television. As I said, you know, with the David Mamet analogy, you can't, you know, there's just no room to stop. It's a train, and you got to be moving. And and of course, you know, in the, Mercury, in, in the Murphy's law, you know, every something goes wrong all the time. You got to be ready to change on a dime, and you know, not let anyone see that inside. Your turn, you know, your your stomach is burning up, but you you got to act very calm and and get it done and, and get it done well. Right, right.
0: Well, now that you have you know been on both sides, you know, or done both roles. Do you find it difficult when you are portraying a character now and you're on set not to slip back into like a director mode kind of thing?
2: No, not at all. You know, um, I, I think I'm even better for direct. I, I, I think I've become a, I'm a much better actor as having directed um, because I understand what they're up against and I understand their thought process. So I can always help. You know, I, I I I can always help someone out if they're in trouble, and you know, I'll I'll gently make a suggestion if it, you know, and and but but for the most part, I'm just there to serve and and let them you know do what they do. Um, so I I you know I never feel like I mean sometimes I'll disagree, um, or but I, but I'll always you know for the most part defer you know it's their decision, so I don't I don't try to usurp anybody. Um, you know I might try to convince someone of a better idea, but but not, you know, ultimately I'm not going to go down fighting, you know, over, you know, they're in charge, you know. It's like being in, in a military uh, unit, you know. Ultimately you got to defer to the officer.
0: Right, right. Okay, well, you've now taken on, after all of your other roles, now you've taken on the new role of, of musician. Where did the idea of creating a band originate? How did you come up with no higher version
2: it's an, it's a, you know I've been playing music my whole life. I played drums as a kid and then I played guitar later on and I always kept a guitar in my trailer and in my house and and played you know it's a great thing to do between setups and stuff on a on a movie set and um I love singing and and the sang you know always um. I always liked to sing, and, and that was actually my primary reason for learning guitar was because I wanted to be able to sing and be able to accompany myself, and I never really thought about writing music, or thought I could, until uh, I was doing a show, right after Numbers, I did a series called The Whole Truth for ABC and uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, and it lasted only uh, 12 episodes, and it was it was. F- ratings challenged as they say and uh they came to me one day and said it was just when conan o'brien's new show on tnt was starting and and uh conan had uh come over um had come over from uh had come over where the universal and he was now on the warner's lot where i was shooting uh the show and they said conan is uh setting up a camera in the lobby of his office, and it's gonna—they're gonna let it run for like 24 hours, and they—they want to know if you want to come do something. And they thought maybe I'd write a song, and I was like, "What? Uh, okay." So I quickly dashed up, which I get is on—it's on YouTube. Um, it's a cute little ditty, um, you know. I basically just took a 12-bar blues um, progression and added some lyrics that rep- that reflected the show and. Um, went with my assistant and uh stood in front of his camera with her holding cue cards because I didn't have it was so it was all within like two hours. Come up with you know, do this, write it and perform it. And uh I got up there and I did it and you know it's nothing great but it but I was like, wow, I wrote a song and that just started a light bulb and so I started uh I had been taking guitar lessons and I started studying songwriting and I started writing songs, and and uh, they, you know, they eventually they started to come. They were they were sounding pretty good. I'm a writer, you know, I write a lot, and so yeah. and I write poetry, and uh, I've written poetry in, in in the last years, and and I think in a way that was prepar- preparing me for lyric writing, and um, and the songs started to sound, you know, pretty good, and uh, I thought um, I thought I was I had this big birthday coming, and I thought I'm gonna I'm going to put this band together, and I'm going to have this party, and I'm going to play my music, and as we did it, it just started to congeal and gel, and we got these great musicians, and um, and it just, it's so, I love performing music. It's so immediate, and I love the, the, the the writing songs is, is, it's not simple. It's hard as hell, but it's one page. You can look at the beginning, middle, and end in one glance, on a screenplay it's 90 150 ton 120 pages you know and it's it's a big complex um schematic um and and I love the immediacy of I could write a song in a week or two um sometimes quicker and 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 go perform it um and before all this I started going out with my I started going out and playing benefits and and little clubs kind of anonymously just stepping in and playing a set and, uh, you know, vibing out the feel and there, and the audience, people were digging it. And so, um, so now it just, I'm always search. I always like the idea of being in, you know, uh, some kind of creative autonomy, you know, right. doing something that, that I, I'm in charge and I don't have to negotiate it or get it on the air or, you know, it's just like, I can go to work and, and I work on my music, you know, much of the day. And, uh, it gives me great joy, and so that's kind of the the, the story.
0: Wow. Now, where did No Harbor Illusions come from, the name? It's just a name that popped in my head
2: because, I, you know, I know it's no, you know, it's funny. I saw Kevin Bacon is a friend of mine, and, and, and I was telling him, about, you know, I've got this band going, and he's got this band with his brother for years, and he was like, you know, man, an actor with a band is like a target on your back, <laughs> and I'm like, I know, man. Just, you know what? But I don't care because when I went out to perform at these clubs originally, I said to myself, You're gonna suck. You are going to suck and you're gonna have to own it and you're gonna have to learn from it because it's the only way you're gonna see if you can do this. And and I do probably suck and but I don't think I do anymore. And um and I still have ways to go, but it's getting better and better and better and and uh, um um
0: There's- awesome Well well. Uh, speaking of You're going to be Performing with uh, Your band NHI uh, This coming What,
2: what is it March, March 6th March 6th At the Mint in LA Which is a great old Classic LA cl- club And um, And we're going to be Playing some new songs And um, And uh, And I hope people Come out and, and if they do I hope they'll make sure To come say hi after And And uh, um, You know Hopefully it'll be A good party
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Let's um, let's take some questions. Uh, hold on one moment. Good evening. You're on with uh, Deb and Rob. Who's this? My name is Anna. Hi, Anna. How are you? Hi. Hi, Rob. We met. How are you? Hey, Anna. How are you doing? Where do we meet? Uh, I'm doing okay. I just wanted to know if you guys are going to perform in the East Coast at any time. Now that I'm living in New Jersey instead we're of
2: California. It. Um, it's funny because I was talking to my partner uh, who's my in my band with me who writes some music with me, um, and we're both going to be on the East Coast, so we were talking about doing some, maybe just some little gigs with he and I this summer, um, and then I'm talking to my, my agents uh, about, you know, doing some, some gigs. I'm not sure about the East Coast per se with the whole band, but... Um, but eventually, the plan is to get everywhere. So uh, we will we'll uh, we'll put New Jersey on our wish list.
0: Well, you think maybe New York? Because I'm a New Yorker. I was born and raised in New York, so I know my way around. I think New York
2: is a possibility, at least with Carlos and I doing a you know a, a kind of an acoustic set, and we'll, that'll That's be up on great. you know follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and, and well, it that will be, be, be announcing.
0: Yeah, well, I'm a past B celebrity. I mean, a uh, 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 fan, so you you can't forget me. <laughs> All right.
2: I won't forget okay. you. Make sure you say hi when we're there. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> All
0: right. Um, one more call here. Hi, you're on with Rob and Deb, Erica 307. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, I had a question for Rob. Uh, hi, it's great to talk to you. I'm a huge fan. I've followed your whole career. Um, oh, thanks, I'm just curious, uh, out of all the shows you've done, you know, obviously all of them gold, fantastic shows, uh, which was your favorite and uh, why? It's hard to say a favorite, but the two that will come to mind, one, I directed and starred, and not all these, by, it was intentional, by the way, a movie called Maze with Laura Linney, and that had so much of my heart in it that it, I, I might have to say, if I if you push me the wall, I might say that one. And then this movie, Quiz Show, I did with Robert Redford was a real amazing it was like getting into the major leagues and and it turned out so well and i had such a great experience on that that uh, and the character was so rich and rewarding um that those two come to mind um but you know it's funny it's like it's like having a kid every kid you have you love and every job i do and i've done so many bad ones i've done a lot of bad things over the hundreds of things i've done and I love each, you know, because it's the only way to really do it. Um, and and uh, so it's it's part of the process. But but those those two are probably my my, my all time favorites. Great. Well, thank you, and, and keep up the good work. Uh thank you.
0: Thank you. Okay, well, I want to. Do we have any uh, projects? Well, you said you're going to be uh, directing another episode of Necessary is You said in May, possibly.
2: I'll be doing that, and uh, trying to think. I don't think anything else that I can really talk about at this point. But uh, hopefully, oh. hopefully, we'll have some announcements in the near future, and uh, and uh, you know, just always, always keeping busy.
0: Absolutely, and we'll have to bring you back then. Absolutely, uh, to talk about them. Oh, wonderful! Okay, well, we want to thank Rob for being with us today um, and sharing his time on Valentine's Day. That was really sweet of you to well,
2: Happy Valentine's Day, to all you lovers! And uh, thank you for your kindness and all your your uh, your nice uh, the nice things you said. I appreciate it. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, if you would just hold the hold on a second, I will just end the program and um I'll be right with you. Uh this is Deb uh saying goodnight uh from Media Night Radio and have a great night. Um.